Hello and welcome, independent researchers, skeptics, and all of humankind, the Shadow Citizen. Welcome to Episode 7. This week's guest is Catherine Austin Fitz. You can listen live on mixlr.com slash forward uh, Shadow Citizen, and you can also chat along over there. Uh, we are simulcast at radioconfluence.com, and from there you can take us with you on TuneIn and Xeno Live. So, my name is Rob O'Sell, and my co-host is... Rachel L. McIntosh. And oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to have an aneurysm or if I need to keep a bag next to me. My heart is racing. One of my biggest heroes is with us today. Her name is Catherine Austin Fitz. And I'm so happy and proud that she's joined us. Catherine, thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm thrilled to join you. I'm so excited you're doing a show, Rachel. I think it's fabulous. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we, now, the reason why I wanted you ha to have you on this show is because... So much of what's going on in the world around us, and specifically in America, as over these past few decades, and well, let's say the past 50 years, um, things have kind of slowed down for people. They're slowly disintegrating for people, but they don't know why. And now we're at kind of a critical mass. Things are really falling apart to the point where we don't even know what's real news. Things that we took for granted as are kind of falling apart money uh -huh. it doesn't seem to be right. buying what it used to buy and so right. we're i'm really excited to have you with us and at first off i want to have you in your own words explain what you are what happened what happened to you how your life brought you to talking on the show with me how did that sure. happen so I was a partner at a Wall Street firm. I, as a very young child, I had seen uh, mortgage fraud and uh, narcotics trafficking destroy my neighborhood in Philadelphia. I lived in West Philadelphia outside of the University of Pennsylvania where my father was a professor of surgery. And um, so I saw the narcotics trafficking, mortgage fraud destroy my neighborhood. And I decided I was going to when you, when you talk to the people who were dealing drugs, they said, you know, we're doing this to make money. So I thought, what is this money thing? And why are people destroying the equity in a place? You know, I didn't use those words then as a child, but, uh, you know, we're, we're clearly destroying all the equity in this neighborhood. You know, we're liquidating the people, everything uh, to make money. How can that make money? So I said, I'm going to figure out this money thing and figure out why we can't make more money turning around. So um, I went to Wall Street, became a partner of uh, Dylan Reed and Company, and then it was pretty clear that all the money was being engineered from Washington, whether it's by the Treasury or the central bank. So I thought, okay, well, I've got to go to Washington and, and figure out the other, you know, map out the other things of how the money works so I can figure out how to turn things around. And I worked in the, for, uh, for 18 months in the, as Assistant Secretary of Housing in the first Bush administration. And I came to the conclusion that you couldn't turn it around in government because government mm -hmm. was, I basically left the Bush administration said the fascists are going to take digital technology and use it to basically kill us all. Got so it. I started a company that was an investment bank and broker dealer. And it was also a financial software developer because I discovered the internet. And I said, what we're going to do for people to enforce the constitution they need financial disclosure for how all the government money works in, the, in their real neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you and I walk around and live in a place. So I'll give you an example. When I was the FHA commissioner, we used to have all these um, uh, lists of where our foreclosures were. And you could literally take a list of foreclosures and go to that place and there was nothing there. <laughs> oh, brother. You know, well, but so, so, that, so that was fake. They were giving you fake data. To make yeah, real fake, decisions yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, fake data. So so, so I said, look, let's just open source this. Let's just let every community have the data on taxpayer resources that's not subject to a privacy condition in their neighborhood and let them police, you know, and make sure we're optimizing the money. So let me give you an example. There are um, 3,100 counties in America, and what you mm -hmm. will find is invariably we are paying a big defense contractor 50 to 100 dollars an hour that's something that can be teleported into that community and paid for 25 plus health care so 
uh, or we're we're spending uh, $250,000 a unit to build public housing when 50,000 will buy, you know, and 25,000 will rehab a single family foreclosed home in that neighborhood. So if you optimize the money within a county area, there's tremendous savings to be gained that would create lots of employment and be great for small business if you were to do it anyway. So I left the administration and said, look, I don't trust government to fix anything. Let's have, uh, let's create community data banks and organize the small business into venture pools that can significantly lower the cost of equity capital for small business. And let's re-engineer everything in a way that saves money for the taxpayers. So my, the way I said it is the taxpayers have a negative return on investment and small business can make money and create employment, turning it positive. So you're and the so, original think local. You're like the OG. Uh, you're, think local. I, 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 no, not think local, profit local. <laughs> I'm, I'm into for profit. I'm into for profit solutions. One of the biggest political problems we have in this country is the psychopaths are fabulous at getting together and organizing for-profit conspiracies. But all the good guys are like, no, it's bad to make money and we have to work all weekend really hard to save the country. Well, it's not economic. In other words, something something has to be economically sustainable to work. So I always say we have to make money doing it because then we can do it. It's economically sustainable anyway. So uh, so I, I'm in I'd like to butt in here if I could. Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> It's, you know, from the Eisenhower quote about the rise of the military industrial complex, and somehow they've managed to put uh, military contractors into every community, it seems like in every county anyway. And uh, all of these. Yeah, yeah, Rob, the first way they did that was they had them take over the government agencies. So when I was assistant secretary of housing, um, the FHA single family fund was required by law to be run on a self-supporting basis. But I could not get the data on how the accounting, you know, whether we were doing that or not. And I would regularly go to the big defense contractor that ran the in- information and payment systems and demand the data, and they would refuse to give it to me. I mean, I used to have these wars over getting the data, and I finally had to go to the White House and have the whole accounting department move to me. It was reporting the assistant secretary of administration. I had a report to me so I could literally get the data to see if I was complying with the law or not. Well, for someone who is, you know, kind of just, you know, I always excelled in shop. <laughs> and and uh, uh-huh. But anyway, for working on the, you know, the floor, it, it seemed like, you know, they had all the people that were working, working mandatory overtime, putting in all those hours. So everybody is just, you know, completely strung out. They're not being very efficient. Uh, the jobs could be done a lot more efficiently. But I kind of came to the conclusion that, they, you know, that all the man hours that they're, you know, racking up are just, you know, cost plus because they're military contracts. Right. They're just going out right. cost plus. So they aren't really concerned with, you know, efficiency and productivity on the floor. And uh, the scorpions in there, you know, they get the, you know, right. they're right. working. Rob, so Rob. The, co- the whole cost plus model really does, uh, you know, it works for some things, but it's been... Uh, it, we've create we've created an edifice that is has grown in a way where where people's time and money is not being optimized. You you literally have an infrastructure that's trying to generate the most profits by generating the most costs. Is mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now it, speaking of that, last night the president President Trump he gave a speech to Congress. It was a fantastic speech, I thought. The right. way it was written, it was really good. Um, right. But as I sat at the end, I was like, how are we going to fund all this stuff? Building walls, sending people, like these, the contracts for the F-35, that's like the most expensive project in the history of the world. Right. Seriously. How are we going to do any of this? So he, there are two questions. Um, first of all, when a society spends money for something, Mm-hmm. The question is not how much money do we spend. The question is, does it have a positive return or not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I spend a billion dollars on something that has a wildly positive return, then I spend a billion and I create 10 billion. Right. And then I can afford to pay it back because I've created so much wealth with it. So so the issue is not, you know, we, 
right now, everything has a negative return. We spend a billion, and, and not only does it not create 10 billion, it destroys a billion. And so we've started to think in terms of everything's about spending. It's not about spending. It's about whether it has a positive return or not. So, for example, Peter Drucker, the great management expert, once said that the GI Bill had a wildly positive return to taxpayers because what we did was, you know, the generation came back from the war. They all went to college, got really smart, and they led the, you know, the building of American industry. So, and I think he was right because education well done has a fantastically positive return. So the issue on what Trump, number one issue is, will it have a positive return or not? That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number number two, the second big problem in the budget is we are financing two civilizations out of one budget and we're pretending that it's not happening. We're pretending okay. that one of those civilizations is entirely secret, you know, doesn't exist, but it does. And the tell, tell people about this because I don't know if people okay. realize what's going on. There's two, like you said, there's two tracks going on right now, right. parallel. So, so the budget has two sources of revenue and two, two uses of expenses, okay? The first source is the taxes that we pay on April 15th. So everybody now, you know, it's March and everybody's now preparing to pay their taxes that come in on April 15th, Okay. So that's one pot of money. The second pot of money is called organized crime, narcotics trafficking, mortgage fraud, government securities fraud. That's a second tax on the population. And that's why magically we can never seem to stop organized crime in this country because it's financing sort of critical purpose things. So so we have that second tax. And if you if you look at what's happening to the population, that second tax is destroying the economy. And now, I, I live in Rhode Island, which is cap- happens to be like one of the capitals of mafia stuff right, right. in the world, in the United States. Um, we did have a very successful breakdown of the mafia with uh, a couple, like a couple decades ago, but it's still going on. And like you said, you don't, you, didn't you have, can't. You didn't have a breakdown of the mafia. The intelligence agencies took over the business uh-huh. and are running it through corporations. Oh, my God. So. Okay. I mean, that here's the thing, if, if I'm a soccer mom and I'm trying to back, this is a very centralized model. And the reason a group of soccer moms cannot get together and back narcotics out of their neighborhood is, you know, the narcotics are being run by Tony Soprano and Tony Soprano works for James Bond and James Bond is financing area 51 or, you know, whatever. And, and literally if the soccer moms cut off the cash flow. The next thing you know, you have black helicopters coming down on their heads mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if one neighborhood can get out of the model, then every neighborhood can get. So they can't afford to let one model. And you'll you'll see these funny situations around the country. So if you look at, for example, Linda Ives, who was a, a mom in Arkansas whose son was killed by the black budget guys, you know, he just happened to run into um, it, it. It's called there's a very famous book about it called Boys on the Track. And the next thing you know, this mom is trying to find out what happened to her son, and she's literally got black helicopters coming down on her head. She's like, "I'm I'm a little nobody, you know, mom from Arkansas. What? Why? Why black helicopters coming down on my head?" Mm-hmm. And that's because one neighborhood. If you let one neighborhood out, then they can all get out. It's highly centralized, and the money's very leveraged, and they need the money. The other, the other thing that I noticed was I, I actually watched the whole Oliver North, you know, testimony when it was going on live. Uh-huh. I had a TV on in the room that I was working. I was replacing flooring in that. But I, I, you know, I kept telling myself, you know, he's got immunity. Anything he testifies to, uh, he cannot be prosecuted for. But he doesn't have immunity if he perjures himself. So basically anything he's telling the, you know, the Congress is the truth. Uh, and but then that whole thing, you know, I don't know if you saw the Gary Webb uh, kill the messenger documentary that was just out maybe two years ago now. But, uh, you know, all of a sudden then the Monica Lewinsky thing comes up. And so everybody wanted the you know, and the news media ran with the, uh, you know, with the drug. Ha- I mean, with the president having uh, sex. Right. Well, the, in- M- Monica Lewinsky was basically an effort to shut down the Ron Brown assassination and um and the china the the whole stuff around 
Brown and raising money from China, and then the explosion of the Gary Webb and Dark Alliance. So between Ron Brown and Gary Webb, you had those stories exploding in the middle of 1996, and you needed to put a lid on them. And that's when we got attacked because we were publishing money maps, and and we published a money map of South Central LA in the HUD foreclosures because they were using the HUD FHA portfolio to launder the money. So they were leveraging the money with narcotic with uh, mortgage fraud because if you if you take a dollar of cocaine profits you can lever it enormously with you know so i can take a dollar of cocaine profits and turn it into a hundred dollars using mortgage fraud related to that and so you'll see these neighborhoods i found a neighborhood in chicago once where the same home had been financed five and it had been financed and defaulted five times in one year oh my gosh right so now is is this, this is a totally different thing. I want to make, I don't know for sure. For instance, countrywide home loans, that's a different thing. That is just total. What was that all about? Countrywide. Well, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, they weren't doing the black budget stuff. They were just yeah, being no, greedy. They, uh, no, or were I, they? They were doing the black budget stuff. Ah. Too. So, so they let me go back to our framework. So, so you yeah. have two, so you have two taxes, Let's go back to the federal budget. You have two taxes. One is the overt tax. The other is the covert tax. And then on the other side of the fence, you have two uses of money. One is the overt budget and the other is the covert budget. Okay. Now that covert budget is also levered with what I call the hidden system of finance. I'm about to do a salary report on the exchange stabilization fund and, and you have uh, a fund that is in treasury. It's managed by the New York Fed and member banks. And it's what I call the mother of all slush funds. And it can combine with sort of another source of this illicit money, which is broad intervention in the markets and manipulation of both currency. It can legally intervene in currency co- commodities and and securities markets. So you have all sorts of shenanigans going on in the financial markets as well. So you have the you have uh, a, a an overt tax, a covert tax, overt spending, and a covert spending. And here's the problem. The covert tax and covert spending has done so much harm to the general economy that it's time to, uh, you know, the overt economy is saying, look, we can't keep destroying the overt economy. We have to rebuild. You know, we can't afford this much corruption. We can't afford this much crime. And the problem you have in getting in there and re-engineering the budget is you can't be honest about why you're doing what you're doing and the fact that you need this enormous invisible cash flow on a non-accountable basis. And and part of the problem is if you look at, let, let's just pretend that there's some legitimate reasons to spend that money. So let's say you have a secret space program and you need to keep paying to, you know, maintain your your spaceships. So, um, but you've also created this enormous edifice of politicians and defense contractors and banks who, frankly, the overhead has gone completely out of control. And 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 this secrecy has created a system of privilege, and all those people are basically overpaid and no longer needed. And so the politics of how you take this enormous overhead that you've built up and streamline it is another thing that's going on. So you have, you have a couple of, I call it the clash of civilization. It's the real clash of civilization between the black budget folks and the overt folks. But then you have this whole edifice of very expensive uh, politicians and overhead and fake news people and you just don't, you can't afford them anymore. You don't need them anymore. And so they're screaming bloody murder because they don't want to lose their sinecure. Right. That, it no, well, how, does, how do normal people fit into this? Because I'm, I'm questioning whether normal people fit into the political process at all at this point in my life. If this, well, if we can't even get involved with that at a very simple level. Now we're talking about a black budget type of thing. How can we even, as humans alive, get our heads around this and work to make our communities better. Okay, so well let's let's talk about the 
the big problem and the little problem. So, okay, let's, so big picture, which one do you want to do, do first? <laughs> let's do big picture, then, right. then let's All do right. little picture. Okay. So the big picture, here's our problem. We got a group of grumpy, old, I'll call them the grumpy old men. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got George Schultz, you've got Henry Kissinger, you've got all these people who've maintained all these secrets for their entire life, and they don't want us to know the truth. And so what's their plan? Well, their plan is to double down on Orwell, you know, so everybody should be chipped and they should have their money, you know, digital. And if they don't behave, we turn off their money. So, you know, so they're into mind control slavery to just deal with the situation because they find the management of these multiple personality disorder universes very difficult to deal with. And they're afraid they can't keep a lid on it anymore. So they want to double down on totalitarianism. And we think that that is just, you know, the the problem with totalitarianism is it destroys wealth. It's just the greatest wealth destroyer in the world. And that's where all the inequality is coming from. It's coming from this situation. It's coming from the black budget. It's not coming from new technology. All that stuff is yeah, yeah. It's coming from the fact that we have a group of people who can print money for free and have the ability to kill with impunity you know, and have been behaving on a lawless basis for 50 years. That's the source of inequality. So so the grumpy old men are saying, okay, we're going to double down on or, or well and go to something very inhuman. And the rest of us are saying, nope, we're not going to do that. And I think the hard part for most people is they can't fathom how, uh, how, how this other complete, world. You know, we have been financing a whole new civilization that really exists and they just can't fathom that it's gotten as bad as it has or that those guys would do something that inhuman. And I think it's very, very important that first and foremost on the big picture that we understand that they are basically as crazy as they are. I mean, we are dealing with a plan which is inhuman and psychopathic and it's got to be stopped. And that's one of the reasons, you know, one of the great strengths of Trump is that's what he's saying. He's saying, no, we need a human plan. <laughs> well, one of we Rob, needs- you had asked about this earlier today. Yeah, you, and one- I, you and I were talking. This plan, there seems to be this real plan. Well, there seems right, to be Rob? a lar- larger agenda. And what yeah. you know, what is going on with, uh, you know, you mentioned the grumpy old men. Well, these guys aren't going to be around forever. So is, is there, a, you know, a replacement to posse standing in the wings? You know, it's certainly not Jeb Bush. He, he doesn't have the you know, mental fortitude. Do you want to speculate, you know, possibly who? Well, George and Jeb Bush represent the Bush family interests. Yeah, they are. They uh, are part of the replacements. But they certainly don't have the, the tactical skills that Poppy had. And, you know, who do they have to replace? Is this big new Brzezinski and uh, Kissinger? You know, who, uh, you know, Hillary is, can't replace uh, Kissinger. Let's, or... let's, let's look at Economist magazine, shall we? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, Hillary was on the up and coming list. Yeah. Remember? It was Hillary sure. and Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, so let's go to the little picture. The little picture is that um, we are now in a situation. So I'm just going to talk about the United States for now. We are now in a situation where we either enforce the Constitution or lose it. And if we if we lose the Constitution, we are going to a world where the leadership will basically implement a totalitarian system very, very dependent on mind control and very, very dependent on entrainment technology and sort of uh, and digital technology to control people. If we protect the civilization, if we, if we protect the Constitution and enforce it, then what's going to have to happen is we bring transparency to what's really been going on. Because there's only one way you can destroy the credibility of the fake news and the people who've been running things, and that's to basically face reality. Now, let me tell you a story. Have you, Rachel, have you ever heard my red button story? Yes, but share it with everybody. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, Rob, have you heard it? Uh, Yes, I have. And I was actually going to ask you to repeat it because I think this is like systemic through the whole thing. Uh, Just, you know, even to the, you know, factory floor level, you know, people are saying, well, yeah, we could be more efficient, but uh, we got this cushy lifestyle. So why speak up? Okay. So, so, so we've been in a economic model. I call it the central banking warfare model 
where the leadership runs around the world and extracts natural resources for cheap and kills a lot of people and uses warfare, but basically subsidizes everybody in America. So if you look at America talking about having a wonderful life and being free and all this stuff, all of those good things have been financed by genocide of other people. And we're all complicit in that. We're all the financial beneficiary of that. So, you know, it's real funny. I hear people talk about how wrong it is to have these things done to them, but nobody's offering to return capital back to the Indians who we stole the land from or anybody else. So um, anyway, so, so I was giving a speech in the summer of 2000 to a wonderful group of people called Spiritual Frontiers Foundation International, and they have a conference once a year to talk about how they can help our society evolve spiritually. They're very committed to spiritual evolution, very well educated, very intelligent. And so I've been asked to give a speech called How the Money Works on Organized Crime, which later became a very popular article called Narco Dollars for Beginners. So I'm in the middle of the speech and I'm explaining about how the U.S. Congress had done a congressional testimony in 1998 about the so-called Dark Alliance Gary Webb allegations. And um, the fact that a reporter from Insight Magazine had uh, been interviewing somebody from the Department of Justice who during that testimony said the U.S. economy laundered uh, $500 billion to a trillion dollars a year of all dirty money. So that's narcotics trafficking. That's illegal gambling. Now, the financial fraud is much bigger than that now, so it's grown. But um, So I said to this wonderful group of spiritually evolved people, about 100 people, what would happen if we stopped being the global leader in money laundering? And so they had a little conversation, and they said, well, you know, we'd have problem because our, our taxes might go up because we have problems financing the government deficit because um, we defend the people who control $500 billion to a trillion and the accumulated capital they're on after many, many years. Um, and, and so uh, we, our taxes might go up or our government checks might stop or, you know, uh, that money would go to Hong Kong and Singapore and London and so our stocks might go down. And I said, okay, well, let's pretend there's a big red button here up on the lectern. If you push that button, you can stop all hard narcotics trafficking in your town, your county, your state, your country tomorrow. Who here will push the button? And out of 100 people dedicated to evolving our society spiritually, only one would push the button. So I said to the other 99, why would you not push the button? They said, well, we don't want our stocks to go down. We don't want our government checks to stop. Uh. And we don't want our taxes to go up. So here's yeah, the problem. That's the problem. You walk into the Oval Office tomorrow, you're the president. So Donald Trump walked into the Oval Office, he's the president. 99%, you know, that number is probably, you know, lower now. But 99% do not want him to push the red button. Mm -hmm. So how can he push the red button? And that's part of the fight you're seeing in Washington. Because he's trying to push the red button. He's trying to do it in a way that will make money pushing the red button. And everybody's scared to death because they know a lot of their constituents don't want the button pushed. And that's why the conversation we need to have is not how do we push the red button, but how do we turn the button green? How do we make money pushing the red button? Because then we can push it. I, uh, I, we're supposed to do the uh, the tie color report now. That was one of the uh, things, but <laughs> oh, I, I'm going to executive I order. I this thing, this tie color report, where I evaluate the different ties that people have been wearing on the news for the past Ooh. week. And I noticed... Oh, well, we, have to, we have to discuss the ties at the, at the speech last night. Oh, well, yeah, that's just obvious. But the... Um, <laughs> the but no, I... I do you want to just start the music and we'll do it? But I want to talk to Catherine Rustin Fitz. Yeah. I, I want to talk to I, her. I do, I do too. We I have... do the tie color report next week again. But everybody saw the blue ties. And everybody yeah. knows what blue represents. It's a calming thing. It's, of course, been associated with the Democrats. And, of course, it's been um, associated with Israel. And it's also associated with intellect. And it's a calming thing. It's, it's It literally puts your biology like it wants to sleep when you see it really? so it calms you down yeah whereas red as you know the power tie that's a gets the hairs on the back of your neck going and it's it's instantly gives you a little bit of like oh there's danger and it's not even a point of danger but it makes you alert 
Like that's why people. Well, but the president, the president was wearing a blue stripe, dark blue yes, stripe, dark blue stripe, and and, and and the vice president and Ryan were wearing these bright blue. Mm-hmm. And so the, what the, the stripes, the white stripes going down, that was uh-huh. the big thing that he started when he went to talk to um, the FBI and the CIA. He did that meeting. That's when everybody got on the stripes horizontal stripes, which happened to be going the opposite way than they used to be in the seventies um, uh-huh. for whatever reason, but they have them going down and that's um, about um, communication. It also um, represents like when the T, you know, old TVs used to do this kind of static thing. They'd go kind of static diagonal. That is so that your eye keeps going back down and up, back down and up, back down and up while he's talking. So that's another thing that sort of lulls you. And the reason why Uh I ended up talking about this, Catherine, is because when I worked for that defense contractor, I used to help people pick out their ties before they went on TV. And I found out there's this (laughs) whole, there's a whole psychology behind what color you're going to put on somebody. Uh It was during the, um, the travel ban, this travel ban slash Muslim ban that when that came out, CNN instantly had all their pundits, not the people, not the people reading the news, but the pundits were all in brown. And they were in very, really? yeah, brown type of ties. And I'd never dealt with brown before. So I looked it up and um, brown was the first choice of people that had lived through the um, World War II, people, Holocaust survivors and stuff, brown. And it was, uh, they were attracted to it because it meant being amongst the um, people that were like them. And uh-huh. I thought it was very sim- interesting that they chose to put their pundits in brown that meant being with people like them. That was the quote unquote wow. thing. Yeah. So yeah. that was something. So I keep my eyes open on this stuff. And usually I do a tie color report, but we won't do it this week because we're with you. And it's much more important <laughs> to talk about what you're talking about. So, okay. So now back to what you were talking about. Um, uh, the, 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 we want to solve this. And still this whole thing seems so huge. And you, we, you said, you want to turn this thing green, the red button green. How would a normal person, you know, like myself, my two kids trying to right. keep my budget, trying to pay my bills. How do I turn that red button green? So here's, here's the, you know, the permaculturalists have a wonderful concept called stacking functions. Mm-hmm. And so you need to think in terms of stacking functions. So think of it this way. If, uh, you know, one of my nicknames for the system, the, the illicit tax and spending is the tapeworm. So the way the tapeworm finances itself is by draining you. And so the way you can, you can uh, basically shift the power between the tapeworm and the host is by not letting it drain you. Okay. And so we want, we want to find a pathway which is net energy plus to you, okay? So the first thing to look at is your time, okay? I want to look at time, intelligence, and budget. The first thing we need to do is look at your time and look at the sources and uses of your time for a week, a month, and a year. Where is your time being wasted? Where is your time being drained? And that's what we want to do. We want to start saving you time. I always tell people, so I'm very big on no TV because TV comes mm-hmm. with all sorts of entrainment and subliminal programming and disinformation. And so my mm-hmm. attitude is if you're watching 10 hours a week, uh, can you just cut it down to five mm-hmm. and save five hours? And can we use that time to then do something that will give you more energy? So for example, um, intelligence. It's extremely important that we all learn how to be our own doctors. If you look look at people who are knowledgeable about navigating both natural and traditional healthcare, Mm -hmm. and they're smart, they have the intelligence, they have the training, you know, they've watched the documentaries, they've learned, and, and so they've invested time in being really, really smart about how to make sure they're healthy and how to use the different healthcare systems. You know, but that takes an investment of time. And so shift, you know, five hours a week out of, uh, out of TV and into learning how to be your own doctor. Good. Because it'll, it'll save you so much money and it will save you, uh, you know, if, if you want to be financially successful, 
you have to be a master at knowing how to economically navigate both holistic and sort of corporate health. Yes. So, yes. Okay. I, so, I want to bring this up too, because here in Rhode Island, we have Brown University, Brown Medical. Um, my kid's doctor, he's a homeopath and an MD. He actually went to Brown University and he uh -huh. started up, he goes once a week to meet with the students at Brown to teach them about the different types of, you know, right. vitamins and, you know, stuff that's like kind of alternative, but it's really what you can do to avoid all of the allopathic medicine that they're teaching them at Brown. So I'm really, right. I'm glad to hear you say that because it is going to be return on the investment when you're finally done with it. We'll have a civilization of really healthy people. Hopefully if people right. wake up to this. Yeah. Right. And, and the biggest, I'm an investment advisor and the biggest uh, financial problems I see are people who did not, you know, they, they, they wholesale trusted the system and they were not discerning users of the system. And as a result, they lose. I mean, uh, it's interesting. There was one mother on Vax who said, if you have, you know, if, if your child sustain, if you do heavy schedules of vaccines, your child sustained becomes a heavily autistic that's going to cost you $5 million present value. At least. Uh, right. So I, I'm going to jump in here just quick because it's, uh, you know, self-related. I mean, I've been driving cab for the last three weeks as a way to just generate some income. Uh, and I uh -huh. won't get into the rest of it. But one of the big things that I do is, you know, haul people for the county. They're on Medicare or Medicaid or, you know, Social Security right. disability or something. But I'm actually hauling, you know, I have one regular customer. I pick him up three times a week. He's a double, double amputee. I believe it's probably from... Uh, 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 diabetes and he doesn't pee anymore he goes to dialysis three times a week and that takes care of that for him but what I've noticed in the time that I've been in this you know, I've been in the same place for 40 years and the healthcare industry is just this it's like the most hustle bustling thing in the whole community there's more going on there and people the parking lot's always full and it's you know it's just crazy, but it fits right, right. into take care of yourself and avoid all those expenses because this guy is just now a, a drain on the rest of us. Right. So I, if you, you know, what you, what you saw starting about 10 or 15 years ago is in every county, you particularly the rural counties, you were building a new criminal justice system, a big criminal justice center with courthouses and jails and then a big hospital edifice. And one was basically liquidating the population with pharmaceuticals, and the other was liquidating the population with narcotics. And it was absolutely engineered in a plan, in my opinion. So those are two cycles you want to avoid. And the way to avoid it is to get, so for example, I just had a dear friend who was diabetic and it was worsening, and I got him the DVD that Simply Raw did on how to heal you know, naturally. And he found a clinic in his local area, he couldn't afford to go to the place in Arizona. And they walked him through the thing, and now he's completely insulin and, and drug-free. Oh my gosh. And it's all managed through diet. Yeah, it's all managed through diet. It can be done. Not mm -hmm. everybody, but but a lot of people can do it. And the the knowledge is there. So, But it, it requires a significant investment of time, and that's why you've got to Start with your time budget because what you're looking to do every week is save some time and keep investing that time in things that give you energy. So let me give you an, another example. Um, a lot of people still banks with the bank with the big banks who are basically draining and stealing our money and running the government money illegally. You really want to bank with a bank you of people you know and trust, and you want to bank at a bank where the people can make decisions. And what you will find is if you can find a really great local bank or credit union and and move into them and get to know them and have a relationship, you will have a much safer, nicer, nicer life. So I had my business attacked by uh, a group of people trying to frame me, including the Department of Justice. And I had a bank that was dirty. And uh, now I have a bank that's clean. And it makes a huge difference to have a clean bank. So Take that time, for example, and find yourself a great local bank or credit union and, and sort of get that. Now, if you come to Solari, I've got an article called Coming Clean and uh, lots of articles. Like if you want to find a great local bank, there's one on how to find a local bank. So there's lots of information, but you want to keep this dynamic going. And what you want to do in terms of your 
all the people you work with and do business, you want to back the tapeworm out of your life because it's draining you. And you want to back it out of your pocketbook. You want to back it out of your head. So, you know, shut off all the fake news. Just shut them off. And, and, and so go through every aspect of your life and back the tapeworm out so that it can't drain you. You're trying to build your immune system to being drained. You know, you're trying to get rid of the parasite. The, uh, Good analogy. And, Good analogy. Right. And <laughs> so that's how you can, the, the way you can cut their cash flows off is don't let them steal from you. There is this thing going on, you know, with the big red button crew. You know, you 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 definitely have the scorpions that you mentioned on the on your uh, right. your report, and you have the piggies and, and the scaredy cats. Right. And the the piggies just love to have the uh, the scorpions in control, and uh, the scorpions go right after those Titanic turners. And I don't know, maybe we should ask you to go into those four things. So, yeah. So. Uh, what I discovered when when the new administration came in, I started to listen to all the different descriptions of what was happening, and there was tremendous misunderstanding. And because a lot of this ultimately comes down to the budget, so I said, "Okay, let me let me create some profiles to make life simple." And I said, uh, "Okay, we have four profiles of or four types of people in Washington. We have Titanic Turners." So those are the people who say, look, we really have to change. We're going to jump on the Titanic and try and turn it before it hits the iceberg. Um, then you have scaredy cats, people saying, oh, this is really, you know, things are getting really dicey. I'm going to, you know, go buy an island and take all my money and put it, you know, in an offshore haven and I'm going to hide. So you got the scaredy cats. Then you've got the piggies. The piggies have been making money by, uh, you know, Rachel saw a lot of piggies, I'm sure, when she worked for L3. But you 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 know, they're just trying to make money from the system. They don't care about the whole, you know, they're, they're busy making money, trading deck chairs on the Titanic, and they're not noticing that it's going to hit an iceberg. And then you have the scorpions and everybody knows the story of the scorpion, the frogs, the scorpions just love to kill. (laughs) They just love killing you and taking your stuff. You know, they're just dirty players. And unfortunately we have a system where the piggy and scorpions have been highly successful and they've been rising and it's in every different institution or walk in life. You just get more and more. And of course the problem is that they're, they're killing the goose that laid the golden egg. And that's uh, you know, what I see in the current administration is you have a whole lot of people whose impulse is to be Titanic turners. And the question is, can they figure out a way to get the piggies to come over and, you know, cause if, if you say to a piggy, look, this is the way it's going to go. You can make money, as Trump said to uh, Boeing. It's we want you to make money, but not that much money. He's saying, you know, you can you can make money here. I'll play. You can be a you can if you're a reasonable piggy, we'll play with you. But you can't be an out of control piggy. You can't be a swine. <laughs> <laughs> you can't right. You can't be a swine. So he, he's he's making room for the piggies. He's saying, you know, we want happy piggies to come and help us. We Titanic Turners. There's room on the Titanic for the piggies as long as you're productive. You know, if you can have a positive return on investment, you know, you can make money and, uh, you know, but you got to be a piggy that has a positive return, not a negative return. So he's, he's putting that boundary on piggies, but he's saying piggies welcome as long as they have positive returns for the taxpayers. His problem is trying to figure out how he's going to deal with the scorpions because remember the scorpions, he has no, he has no information or financial sovereignty. He's dependent on telecommunication systems controlled by the scorpions, and that's what he's struggling with now. Mm-hmm. How does he? How does he get information sovereignty? I I think uh, Jim Cramer used to always say that uh, pigs uh, make money, hogs get slaughtered. Uh, but I, I uh, what I'm noticing, and I mentioned this to Rachel beforehand, it's almost like uh, in real life, it's you know just playing any of these survival island series, you know. Uh, the people on the island, they kind of uh, team up and they go right after the Titanic turners uh, because, you know, they know if the Titanic turners are the ones that would end up winning the competition. And once again, it goes back to pushing that big red button. They they, they like their lifestyle. You know, I, I've talked about uh, Mia Angelou's I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. And, you know, as long as it's a nice cage and it, you're 
making more than you would on the outside, it's a good place to be. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd like to get, you know, how is Trump going to address, you know, how is he going to deal with the situation? I, uh, Stockman, David Stockman was on with Greg Hunter and had a, a pretty good insight into uh, if they don't raise the budget ceiling, then all of a sudden uh, the president has the right to allocate finances of the money that is coming right. in. Uh, right. So that's true. I believe so. I think, um, unless laws have changed, but I believe it is true. Stockman would know a lot more about the procedural issues than I would. So if he says it, I'm assuming it's true unless something's changed and he doesn't know about it. But, um, yeah, in that situation, the president has massive power to cut and slash and burn and do things. So um, I think, you know, I think from watching what's going on, I don't think that Trump yet has the full picture. But uh, I think the question that's going to really decide this is if Trump is the president, it's because there was a faction of the deep state who backed him. Yeah, I agree with that. So, so the question is, who who are they and are they going, you know, how how are they going to play? Because what you're watching is not Trump versus the deep state. What you're watching is a struggle within the deep state between are we going to rape the place one last time? Or are we going to rebuild? And there is a real struggle between the rape and the rebuild. And right now, there's a great deal that the American people could do to swing it towards rebuild. Um, But there's a lot of naivete around that. So, Well, F. uh, F. William Engdahl has uh, kind of gone along with what you're saying in that Trump is the right man for the job at this time because— you know, one way or another, the the deep state seems to want to get us into war. And the way the United States is right now, we would not win a war, you know. And so in order to be ready for that war, you know, he has to rebuild right. the infrastructure. And so... Well, I, I wouldn't say that we wouldn't win it. It depends on what the space weaponry, you know, the truth of the space weaponry is. To win, we might have to do something that would disclose what we really have. I think the problem is if you look at the military capacity on the ground, in the traditional functions, we are losing, we are losing capacity vis-a-vis the Chinese and the Russians. And so it's on the more conventional side where we really need to be regirded if we're going to maintain our position. Um, I, I do think that uh, there is this tremendous tension on the ground between the tax, if you look at the illegal tax, the extent of the illegal tax is it's destroying the, the, the basic habits and values you need as a culture to be productive. So if we're going to have a productive society, people's time needs to be used productively. They need to be physically healthy. You know, you're talking about cultural behaviors, And what has happened for the last 50 years is we have promoted a culture which is deeply unproductive Mm -hmm. and we can't survive. So, for example, uh, I have a friend who's in the grocery business and he showed me in the middle of last year, the the prior 12 months of grocery sales, it was $2 billion for, for fresh fruits and vegetables and $10 billion for carbonated drinks. Now, what I can tell you is any society that consumes that much sugar is dead. It has no chance. It's just reality. The, so the guy and, and it, the guy I mentioned that they take back and forth the dialysis. They tell him he can have so many sodas in between, and I didn't even ask if he's drinking aspartame or real sugar. So it just either one's right. a killer. So right. So so if if you look at how we as a society are behaving. We have no chance of succeeding. And so we have to change, whether it's, you know, the fake news people have to stop wasting that much time on fake news, or, you know, we stop drinking $10 billion a year of carbonated sodas. So, you know, we are a society that is headed for the trash can, and we have to change. And the question is, when and how do we do that? And it's, you know, it's funny, I had a wonderful, one of the top butchers in the world is on, we're doing a, uh, something called the food series on the Salir Report. 
And he said, it's very interesting. He said, you know, Europe, Europeans on average pay twice as much for food as Americans, but then they pay half as much for health care. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what you're talking about, your friend with dialysis. Yeah, he's he's just one of my clients or somebody that I drive. Right. He's, you know, we, we talk every yeah. day. Yeah, right. so. But, right. So the guy in the cab is he's he's he or society is paying double for his health care because they shortchanged him on his food. Yeah, they, this uh, industrial grows GMO and nobody knows about all that stuff. So how do you you know, how do the people well, that are, that comes I'm, back to why we're like, doing what I, we're doing? I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there. So so let me just give you the big secret on communications. If I wrote an email to the two of you. And it had two paragraphs. And I said in the first paragraph, here's how every man can have as many erections as he wanted. And okay, then hold on. Let me get my pen. Hold on. I'm getting my pen. Go ahead. Here's how, <laughs> here's how every man can have as many erections as he wants. Yeah. And the second paragraph, here's how every woman can have as many orgasms as they want. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to you, too. And I said, no matter what you do, this is confidential. Do not share it with anyone. How long would it take until everybody on the planet who spoke English had a copy of that email? <laughs> Right. Okay. So when people want to know, it goes. That's it why goes. all the other uh, alternative hosts are selling uh, dick pills because people are used to. Right. <laughs> they want to have dick pills. They don't want to get healthy. The, they want to have the reason. The reason people don't know about what we're talking about here is they don't want to know. No, and the reason I, they I don't want to you. know is they want to get along. They, you know, we're herd animals, and they're like, "I'm busy. I got kids to raise. I got things to do." Tell me the formula for getting along with City Hall because I don't want to fight with City Hall. And for the last 50 years, the guys who played ball with the piggies and the scorpions did better than the guys who didn't. So they're like, I don't want to be a Titanic turner. I just want to get along. And, And the reality is, you know, we're kind of at a runway to play that game. The kick the can is kind of over. And so you're seeing more and more people. I think that's why Trump did so well. You've got a I call it the productivity backlash. And now they're starting to say, okay, I want to know, but I want to know what can I, if city hall's fighting with itself, what can I do to survive this circumstance and how bring this down to me in practical ways. But I don't want to get a war with these people because they're dangerous. I mean, if you look at the people who've run the black budget, they kill with impunity and they have killed a lot of people. I mean, they have poisoned, they have given heart attacks, they have, you know, and and the American people are not stupid. They don't talk about it, but if you look at how many people in any county in this country have been assassinated by invisible or illicit means, you know, the whole herd knows. They know how dangerous these guys are. And they're scared for good reason. On Monday, I uh, drove, uh, uh, you know, someone else who's on disability, but I drove her uh, over to Rochester. So there's an hour drive and her one hour appointment turned into over a two hour appointment. And so, you know, I was making about minimum wage when it comes all down to it. But I had time at least to sit in the cab and I had put the MP3 of uh, you and Edwin Vieira on there. And so I listened to that without any distractions. Uh But it was a perfectly blue sky, except all of the lines in the sky, all of the planes flying back and forth. And there was a bunch of them that day. And I'm just kind of, I felt like I was just living in some sort of uh, surreal, you know, (laughs) twilight zone. It was just incredible. Right. Right. And the, the geoengineering is one of the strangest things going on. There's no doubt about it. And if you look at what's in it, to me, it's, it's arguably the, the largest or the greatest reason for the deterioration in immune systems. When I, I do a lot of traveling by car, mm-hmm. and what you see in people and, and the plants, that you see it in the trees and the plants, there is an enormous increase in, in general levels of toxicity. And I think it comes from the spring. I see a lot of dead birds and squirrels now, and I just wonder, you know, I just... Right. Uh, but, yeah, I... Oh, there's there's an upbeat way to kind of wrap this whole thing up. <laughs> no, I, my God. Oh, no, but it's true. I mean, the world is changing around us, and much of it is probably connected to a lot of these, what we were just talking here's, about, these black budget the type of operations. We, we are financing. If you look at all the things that are harming us and our families, mm-hmm. we're financing it. Yeah. And if we want to change it, we have to grapple with how do we cut off their money? 
And how do we bring transparency to their money? Because so they're financing like a, it illegally. So this is like a star of the monkey kind of thing. Right? Yes, Have, yeah. absolutely. So, so we're going. We're, that we're is going to be the title of your next book, Star of the Monkey. <laughs> no, the you next know. one's called The Peanut Butter Pipeline, which is actually talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually talking about. Um, it's going to continue to talk about economy and money uh-huh. because it happens in Argentina. And so I'm going to talk about the financial collapse of Argentina and what people can kind of learn about and here in America. But also it's talking about drugs, how the CIA and different organizations were moving drugs and making money Uh illegally. So it's called the peanut butter pipeline. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, but it's true. I think people have to. Well, I'm not going to tell people what to do, but what personally what I've done, I've kind of gone off the, the beaten path. I'm. Put it this way: If the IRS is listening, everything I'm going to say fell off of off of a boat. Um, I've been, you know, I have some silver, I have some gold, I even have a little bit of Bitcoin going on, and I uh-huh. just with what money comes in, I use it to just pay the bills, and I'm right. living within that little little envelope. On paper, I'm poor. And that, and well, I've kind of got my head around that. And I don't know if I like keep doing that, but that's what the safest way that I found to do. Well, here's what I, the thing: you need to learn to do as much for yourself as possible. Mm-hmm. So, so if you look at all the things we spend money on, the more you can learn to do for yourself, and the lower your overhead, you can the lower you can get your own overhead, the better off you are. And, and you want to stay absolutely out of debt. No matter what you have to do to stay out of debt, you want to do it. That's right. So, and if you can save, even if it's a nickel every week, you want to save. You want to create that intention and that discipline. So it, It's very strange, Catherine. I was somebody who, uh, I bought a house during the uh, Volcker administration, uh, during those high, high interest rates, and I actually tore down a house board by board to, you know, to redo my house. And so I've learned all these things, plumbing, you know, all these skills, but all of a sudden you become a target. You know, you, you don't want to fight City Hall, but City Hall wants to fight you because the contractors oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, are mad at you. Yeah. Uh, I want to get back to one other thing. You know, I remember hearing Donald say the Donald say a long long time ago if you owe the bank fifty thousand dollars you have a problem if you owe the bank a million dollars the bank has a problem well now Donald is sitting at you know the helm during this great big you know the hugest uh, deficit ever and all of a sudden he's gonna have this you know allocate uh, resources uh, you know, possibly handed to him. Do you think he, you know, or do you think he'd be Im- uh, eliminated if he tried to uh, exercise that power? Do you think he'll play along or, you know, I, 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 so here's, here's my expectation. He represents a faction of the deep state and I don't think he's going to get out of alignment with the faction he represents. And so it's, it's a question of what that faction wants to do and thinks is feasible. Now, I think the problem you've got, if you look at who's been attacking him, his biggest problem is not the Soros-Obama-Clinton line. I mean, they're a problem, but they're not his biggest problem. His problem is the Dick Cheney, you know, George Schultz, grumpy old old men line on the Republican side. Mm -hmm. And, And his problem is they decide they'd rather have Mike Pence than him. That's his problem. And it's it's, you know, if you think it's his problem, poor Mike Pence, because I think Pence has worked hard to make this a really good uh, administration and transition and is, you know, is trying to be a very good soldier. So he's he's probably getting squeezed, you know, by the scorpions on the Republican side. Yeah. So that's the question is, you know, what's that deep state struggle? Because he can only go, you know, ahead of the he. He, he's got a group of people who are backing him and, and they need to decide as a group what to do and how to do it. All right. Well, well we've got one minute left, right? Rob, am I right? That's right. right. And so All right. we have to so plug So I Solari. want everybody to know how they can get in touch with Catherine through the Solari report. Catherine, please tell people how they can get to your the publications that you're doing, all these videos you've been putting out. They're so informative. 
Give them the right. rundown. So, Go ahead. So the Solari report, I published the Solari report. It's at solari.com, S-O-L-A-R-I.com. And we have a subscription service, but we have, if you want to get to know us, we have a tremendous amount for free. Our latest is a special report, wonderful interview that you related to, uh, or you described with Edwin Vieira, top constitutional uh, attorney and scholar in the country, and uh, on why a constitutional convention is an absolutely terrifying, horrible idea, and that's available publicly for free. And then we have an incredible interview uh, tomorrow night. We're publishing a discussion with Richard Dolan and me on the uh, on all the you know what I call the clash of civilization in Washington all, on the budget issues and. And the the conflicts within the deep state and the military industrial complex. So, um, and that's coming out tomorrow night. But there's a ton of ton of resources. We have a deep archive. It goes back to 2008, where we're trying to explain, you know, what in the world is really going on. Welcome to Shadow Citizen with Rachel McIntosh and Robo Cell. <laughs>